You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. They asked me what uh, specials I'd like to have sung as well, and, and again, how do you narrow that down? I've enjoyed it so far. It's been very encouraging. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to ask you to be getting them open to Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13. Again, uh, some of the folks that are here today, uh, lots of guests. I'm looking over and seeing Mike and Chris Breest uh, come in. Good to have you guys. It's been a few years. And uh, Melanie, is. did you get to see Melanie back there in the back? You have to see Melanie. and Come on down and talk to them if you'd like. But, uh, anybody else that's, uh, that's uh, again, visiting, we say a very special welcome to you. But my family is, is here. Um, my way older brother, Rudy... You know the one that I've preached about. But uh, no, my only brother Rudy is here, and we're excited to have him. All my daughters are here. I've got a son-in-law here as well. Praise the Lord, John Paul, Amber's husband, and it's really a blessing to have them. Um, when I say old friend, uh, Jill, just means we go way back. Everybody understands that. Uh, um, Lamaze class friends, somebody here know, do they still do Lamaze classes? You're like, what's Lamaze class? Yeah. Some of my favorite memories, Lamaze class. <clears throat> but we had some memorable, memorable friends, and um, it's good having those folks here with us. So, title to a message. How do you title this message? Those who pastor. Could be one, but um, probably, to be very frank and honest with you, another title could be My Last Sermon as Pastor of Eastside Baptist Church. I thought, what do you preach to uh, uh, your congregation when it's your, your last sermon? What do you say? You've been trying to say it for 40 years, and if you couldn't get it said in 40 years, you're probably not going to get it done in one sermon, and that's honestly the way I have, I have uh, kind of been feeling. But um, in our text that we're going to read here this morning, um, there's two different commands that I want to try to draw from. I want to stress those two commands. All I can say is, um, Eastside, would you please just um, give me your heart this morning, and, um, and as we work our way through the next several minutes, um, would you try to uh, adhere to this, appropriate, work this into your heart and your mind? It would mean a lot to me to know that these passages would stand out to you large and that you would uh, try, try to cling to them. Um, so again, the two commands I want to bring out here address this Sunday morning and next Sunday morning. So um, this Sunday will be my last Sunday here. I'm, I'm sure we'll be back to visit, but um, next Sunday you'll have uh, your new pastor. Pastor Jason Jett will be stepping into the pulpit next Sunday as well. So what I have to say today will 
will um, deal with both Sundays, today and next Sunday. I so appreciated uh, Brother Jet. I, I know he's anxious to get up here. Their house still has not sold. Uh, continue to pray for them. They, they could use the grace of God, and they're doing well, and they're anxious to be here. But he said something to me in a text this morning that I really appreciated. He said uh, someone told him, uh, don't let the um, emotion rob you of the moment, which made a lot of sense to me because I got a lot of emotions in me right now, and it's just right up on the tip of the cup, and it just doesn't take much tipping to start uh, tipping those emotions over here. But I, I want to cherish this moment, and I want to cherish this day with... Um, just said that, and then here I go. So, all right, Hebrews 13, would you look? Verse 1, Hebrews 13, verse 1. So notice, uh, I believe Paul is um, the human author of the book of Hebrews. Of course, God inspired all of the Bible, and I believe as Paul is stating here, says some really good things that was most helpful for me as I was trying to prepare for this day. So number one, he says, verse one, let brotherly love continue. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Remember them that are in bonds as bound with them, and them that, uh, them which suffer adversity as being yourselves also in the body." Marriage is honorable in all, and the bed undefiled, but whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with such things as ye have, for he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Then notice in verse 7, Remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation or the end of their life or the, the goal or the direction that their life has taken. All right, so then if you'll drop down into verse 16, we'll read three verses here. <clears throat> verse 16 says, But to do good and to communicate... Forget not, for with such sacrifices God is well pleased. Obey them that have the rule over you, and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls as they that must give account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief. Notice the phrase here, it's worthy of highlighting or underlining, for that is unprofitable for you, Eastside. That's directly how God is speaking to us. And then verse 18, we'll wrap it up with that verse. Pray for us, for we trust we have a good conscience in all things, willing to live honestly. Now let me pray there. God, I thank you again for the Word of God and how you, uh, you have thought all the way through uh, every one of our lives, and you have the Word of God that will direct us in every area of that life. And I'm asking that you would do it again here this morning as 
I believe very distinctly and clearly you have led me uh, to this passage of Scripture and pray that you'll help me to demonstrate what you're saying. May we be able to receive it. May our church be strengthened from it. And we'll thank you for it. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. So two commands. You know, we had uh, verses 1 to 7 and then we had 16 to 18. And I want to address them in two different ways. The first command to the church is to remember. If you look back down with me into verse 7, <clears throat> it's, again, it's very distinct, it's very clear. Remember them which have the rule over you. And if I can just pause there. So a uh, question for you this morning to every one of you, what did God command us to remember? You as a congregation have been, been given very clear command that you are to remember something. Uh, and, and I'd like to address that for a minute, and, and I'm going to um, uh, take you backwards into portions of my life that I have lived out and bring you up to the answer for that. But um, I want to say I thank God that I was raised in a Christian home. Uh, my, my brother can attest to that and would give, I'm sure, the same testimony that I have that... Um, um, mom and dad, strong Christian people, loved the Lord. I believe they got saved at the Grace Baptist Church there in Middletown, Ohio, and um, began to live out that salvation, and that's all I ever knew. I know that not everybody here has um, that testimony, that you were saved out of some very difficult circumstances, um, but I, I just want to say I thank God to have been raised in that environment it, it was a help, without doubt, a tremendous blessing to be raised in a Christian home. So we went to church, guys. I've told you we were an old saying, but we were, literally were raised on drugs. We were, we were drugged to church at Sunday school. We drugged Sunday morning and then drugged back Sunday and Wednesday night. We were in every service. Uh, we were at every revival service. We were at every vacation Bible school, every work day. That was just our family. So I sat in the service much like you are today for much of my life. Oh my goodness. Brother Mike Gray, I cannot believe the people that are showing up here. So, yeah, okay. Yeah. So at this age, I'd rather have a talking frog. Let's see, what was I... Now, what did I say after that? I can't remember where I was at. Nine years old, I was sitting in a church service, and, and Brother Mike, you can help me pronounce his name, Ovi Mural? Ova Mural? All right. Was preaching the revival at Brother Eddie Bates Church in uh, Franklin there, the old Missionary Baptist Temple, I think it was called back then. And um, so, uh, yeah, I am really distracted. I've got to be honest with you. I, <laughs> We just break and have some fellowship. Uh, so I'm sitting there during the revival service, and it was the second or third night of the revival, and, and uh, Brother Ova um, was preaching really hard and strong, and I felt conviction, and I remember going home to mom and dad and explaining to them. I felt some very strong, and I couldn't describe what it was, and I realized some things about myself, and they said, Philip, if God deals with your heart tomorrow night, um, at the revival, you need to go forward, tell the pastor about that, which I couldn't wait for the invitation. God still dealt with my heart, and I, I went forward, and, and I remember kneeling at the altar with 
Brother Ova and Brother Eddie and both of them with their arms around me at the altar praying. And I remember getting saved nine years old when I trusted Christ as Savior. Um, grew up in church, um, in, in several different churches. The last one was the Franklin Baptist Church and uh, had our youth department, much like the youth here. And Brother Metzinger was a part of and taught and different ones have uh, led youth departments would know and understand you've been in youth departments. I, I grew up with the kids in church. Uh, I, was, I was where you are and thought that's where I'd be the rest of my life and wanted to just continue to be a part of church. Uh, but God began to deal with our hearts and uh, me and Brother Mike Gray uh, were at a youth conference in uh, the Dayton Baptist Temple, I believe is where it was. I think it's when Larry Brundage was there and, um, and strongly encouraged all the young people to give, um, you know, can you give one year of your life to the Lord? If you do anything else, fine, but think about give one year of your life to Bible college. And uh, again, God began to deal with my heart and he and I got back on the bus that night. And I don't remember which one looked at the other one first, but one of us looked at the other one and, and said, we hadn't been talking about it or anything. We just said, I'll go if you'll go. And uh, that was pr pretty much our great conviction about going to Bible college. I'll go if you'll go. Um, God had a deeper hand in that and had deeper plans than I could have ever known and went to Bible college. And, um, and I remember looking forward to playing on the softball team and on the, you know, the football team. I played college football. I really did. I mean, well, seriously, I did. Mike, we played, it was flag football, but it was, it was college football. So that's all you need to know. And I was looking forward to that, and I, I guess looking forward to maybe meeting a girl down there. And uh, so, I mean, the first night in the dorm devotions, God got my heart, and I remember surrendering uh, to whatever God would have me to do. And then a year or two later, I'm walking across campus, and this little girl, she tackles me right on the campus and introduced herself as Yvette Tibbet. And um, so we, no, we had met and had a great friendship there, and God gave me a tremendous wife. And um, I, I, who needs a princess when I already have one, by the way? So, um, yeah. So then, of course, we came up here to Eastside Baptist Church way back in 1979, Mike, I don't know if you guys were still here. Were you guys here by then in 79? Uh, I can't remember if you guys were in the church at that time or not. But so um, was the assistant pastor and um, was very happy just to be an assistant pastor. I did not know that God would begin to change my heart. But over five years, God dealt with me about uh, becoming a pastor and that eventually I would... Um, probably leave the, the Christian school that I was teaching in there at the church, and, and I would go take a small church somewhere, small church and pastor that, um, or, or maybe start a little church somewhere, and, and then that year the pastor, Rick Henry, came to me. Rick Henry's not in here, is he? <laughs> it would not surprise me one bit, and came to me and said, um, you know, God is leading him along. Would I be interested in having my name submitted uh, to the pulpit committee? And I, I knew in my heart that I was supposed to pastor. I didn't know if it was to be here or not, but as um, back in 1985, in January of 85 was when the church voted us in full time. And um, so 
I have been uh, the pastor here ever since. Now, I want to say this. I did not come seeking the pastorate. I really did not. God brought that to me. Um, I remember Elijah and Elisha in the Old Testament. Elijah, the, uh, the old-time prophet, and he was nearing the end of his ministry, and God had uh, distinctly led him to the younger man, Elisha. And when Elijah got to Elisha, he took off his mantle and cast his mantle uh, upon him to be the next prophet or the leader of the, uh, of the Old Testament saints in that day and age. Uh, and, and so God brought that to me. I, again, I wasn't seeking to be the pastor of the church here. I did not have an agenda like I, I am aspiring to be the, the pastor of this church. But what I can tell you is this, and I, I really feel this way. At 29 years old, I felt like all I had was the Word of God and a command to preach it. And if I could just say, by the way, that's really all any preacher really has. He may have talent and personality plus, and I'd say good, good for that. He may have good looks and great ability to speak, and I would say, great, that's going to be helpful. But thankfully, God wasn't looking for those qualities when he cast the mantle upon me. All I had, again, was God's calling and God's word. And with that in mind, I have tried to, the Bible uses the word rule uh, or lead this church, not according to my way, but according to the Word of God. You look back in verse 7 again, verse 7, please notice. Uh, Remember them which have the rule over you, and notice the next phrase, who have spoken unto you the Word of God. And that was, that was my commission, that was my calling. And I have done everything that I have known to do. I feel very, I'm truly not trying to be humble or anything, but I feel very limited in who I am personally and and if you want to call it talents or abilities. But I've always known that we had a great God. I've always known that. So, of Kleenexes right there. So, God's clear command for this church, um, sure, is to follow me, but what did God say to follow? Look in verse 7 again. Remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God. Please notice this. Whose faith follow? God's clear command for this church is to follow me. I know I'm supposed to be an example. I I get that. I know that people are to look at men of God and say, if there's somebody you want to follow, you should try to follow his example. I get that. But please get this. Please don't follow me. Please follow the faith that I tried to teach. I should have pre-recorded all this and just played the tape. Okay. 
Thank you very much. Appreciate that. Yeah. Okay. I've told you this many times. I don't mind you seeing me crying. But if I get started crying, I just can't talk. And uh, it's going to take, you know, like two hours instead of the 30 minutes it would normally take. So you want to really pray <laughs> that uh, I don't cry. It's to your benefit. So we just say that my faith, uh, my faith, please hear me out, and, and I really want you to get this, my faith that you're to follow <clears throat> is nothing other than the body of truth that is contained in this book, the Word of God. Because when I walk away from here and we go out those doors tonight, this book will still be here. a little embarrassing too I gotta be honest with you okay so I can't um, I can't tell you how much I appreciate all the love and respect that's been shown to me and my wife all these years and especially over the past couple of weeks and you've said some of the kindest things I've ever heard Um, there have even been a few who have said that uh, that they would want to be like me and I say, oh my, you may want to talk to my brother about that. Um, but God is very careful to address that. While pastors are to be examples to emulate and to follow, uh, in reality, guys, it's our faith uh, that we are to follow. And what is our faith? It's the truth that's in the Bible. It's the teachings that we Again, I'll just say it. Don't, please don't grow tired of this, but it's what I've tried to say for 35 years as pastor and then as 40 years as I've served here. It's this body of truth right here, and that's what you're supposed to follow. Um, so uh, please don't get your eyes, please hear this, don't get your eyes stuck on a man because it's an old saying, but it's so true. Even the best of men are men at best and can fall and can fail you. But the Word of God is always supreme, and it will never fail you. Would you follow the faith that I have tried to give for these past many years? The highest honor you could show me is to know that you would follow the teachings and the doctrines in this book. I'm just going to try to wade through this. Like the Apostle John said in 3 John 1, 4, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. The greatest joy of any pastor's heart would be to know that you're following this book. So just remember, this is the book that brought you into eternal life, and we need to let this book lead you through that life and allow God to speak to you and teach you to to work out your own salvation, to once you've gotten saved, to live out what God has put in you.
And this is the book that can help you do that. And then the second command that I wanted to address was in verse 17. If you can look there. Can we step into next Sunday for just a minute? Obey them that have the rule over you. Guys, can you do this? And submit yourselves. For they watch for your souls as they that must give account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief. For that's unprofitable for you. I know he's not here, but if I could stand uh, Brother Jason Jett up here today, that's a command for you to follow him. While I am while I am following God's direction for the next part of my journey, and I believe I am with all my heart. <clears throat> There's a younger man from Stillwater, Oklahoma, who's doing the very same thing. While I felt the call of God to pastor this church a lot of years ago, God has put his hand on another man and has divinely and providentially led Jason Jett to be the next man to take up the mantle and to hold up the Word of God here at Eastside Baptist Church. And I will just tell you, it's been nothing short of divine. I really mean that. How God has orchestrated this entire transition. And it's not how I would have designed it. I was trying my best to do what I thought was right. Um, But thankfully, uh, this is not how I would have designed it. But it is how God wanted it. I've told you this. For two years, I've worked on and tried to, uh, to get, and I've talked to a lot of different men, but Jason Jett had always been in the picture and, uh, and um, really tried to get him to be my, my next youth director. And I thought, man, I, I, can, I can still be the pastor here for a couple more years, I thought, and then in a year or so, you would have known him very well, and, and uh, you could have seen him as your next pastor easily. And, and I thought... My plan was that's the way it'll work out the best. But God had another plan. And uh, as I've told several of you before, it was like looking at a stage and the curtain was open about this wide and I could see a man standing there. It was Jason Jett. And uh, for two years, that, that kept all I could see, assistant pastor. And, and here toward the end, it was like God opened the curtains up and showed me the full picture and what God had been doing all along was bringing you the next pastor, the next man that would stand up and lead you in the faith of the Word of God. So Eastside, God tells you that you are to submit to him because one day, please hear this, one day Jason Jett, just like I, will have to stand before God one day and give an account for how he leads this church. Uh, that's daunting, doesn't even come close to um, what that's like to think about that. I'll have to answer to God for this. 
Jason Jett will have to answer for how he pastors this church and how he follows the Word of God and how he follows the hand of God as he uh, tries to direct this church in a godly way. Submit to him. It's the Word of God says so. Submit to his leadership. It doesn't mean that you, please get this, it doesn't mean that you just blindly follow a man. That's not what that means. I've heard, um, I've heard pastors boast that I've got people in my church that if I said, you know, jump, they would jump. And if I told them to jump off a cliff, they'd jump off a cliff. Well, I, I got to tell you, if I jump off a cliff, just wave goodbye because that is not in the will of God. I know that. And what we need to do is to follow, please hear me, follow the man as he follows the word. And as that man takes the word of God and leads this congregation, you follow that man. Submit to his leadership. Um, he'll have some different ways of doing things that I, than what I did. You can say amen to that. He will do things that we have never done before. We've never done it like that before. He'll do some of the same things that we have done, but in a different way. But guys, follow his leadership. He is following the leadership of one much higher than him. I've talked to him at length. I know where his heart is for the things of God. Look in verse 17 again. Please follow. Obey them to have the rule over you and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls. Can I tell you that Brother Jet's going to be a soul watcher? He's going to be looking into your heart. He's going to be trying to determine what's the best way to be a, a help to you and to know what your needs are. I, I know he will. I, I know his heart and his desire. He's a soul watcher. I've endeavored to do that, but you've got another man coming in that's going to do the same thing. And if he sees something that's wrong that he knows is going to be detrimental to your life, uh, young people, you need a pastor that will get up and watch after your soul in the pulpit and will tell you what's right and what's wrong. You don't want a man that will come up here and just tickle your ears and make you feel good about yourself all day long because we are not good all day long. Do we understand that? We need somebody that will stand up here and will teach and preach the Word of God in truth and watch after your soul. Would you help your new pastor to enjoy this pastorate? Please don't be a grief to him. Look in verse 17. Um, drop back into the middle there. For they watch for your souls as they that must give account, that they may do it with joy. Listen to what God says, and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. Please don't be a grief to him. I need, I need you hearing everything I'm saying right now. This does not mean to not bring your troubles to him for help. Because that man wants you to come to him for help. That man wants you to be able to open your heart and soul and to know that uh, you can trust him, that it'll stay in the office and that it's, it's not going to spread, but that his heart will try his best, his best to, to be a help to you. It doesn't mean don't bring your heartaches and your grief to him, but what it does mean, guys, is don't bring grief to him, if you know what I'm saying. 
don't unnecessarily bring things into that man's life that he doesn't need to have on him. Pressures that are unnecessary. Things that uh, come in the back door and blindside a pastor. That's not profitable for you. The best help you'll get is as you support him and encourage him. Yes, come to him for counseling. Tell him you have some heartache and grief. But uh, I've seen it happen in too many churches, and you have as well. Folks that just want to dump and, and look for the leadership and a way to bring them down. Please don't, please don't be like that. I don't see our churches being that way at all. Matter of fact, I've heard some very encouraging things. Uh, Brother Jeff's going to have to do some hard things from time to time. Things that he won't want to do, but he's got to. If he is to love you as a man of God should, would you just obey him and submit to his leadership and follow his direction as God leads his life for this church? I want to say to you, please pray for your new pastor, sincerely. You need to be praying for him. Um, Pray for wisdom for him to know how to lead this church, to know uh, our... our, um, intricacies, our little, people call them idiosyncrasies, the, our personality, the way our church is, that God could open his eyes and to know what our church needs the most. Um, and, and, and don't expect him to conform just to, just to us, although he's going to try his best to not change a lot of things right away. He'd be wise in that. We, we both know that. We've talked about that. But things need to change and grow. They really do. I would ask you to pray for protection for him and his family. Please understand he is a target of Satan right now. It's a big red X on his back, and Satan is after him and would love to take him down and to discourage him. And you need to be an encourager, help lift him up, be a blessing and an encouragement. Hey, guys, would you pray for his wife? Her name is Erin. If there's one person in the church beside the pastor that Satan is after, it's going to be the pastor's wife. Um, uh, I would just have to say I thank God for my wife, who for these 40 years has stood beside me and has come through the thick and thin. I'm a little thicker right now, but um, I used to be a little thinner, but, um, but she's been through the thick and thin with me and some highs and lows, and she stood beside me, but I I know what Satan loves to do to a pastor's wife, and you need to pray for his wife. Ladies, encourage her. Try to be a blessing to her. Show acts of kindness often, and uh, and again, one of the quickest ways the devil can take advantage of a pastor is to get to his wife. Pray for his children who are leaving everything they know to willingly follow their daddy. Think about that. All they've ever known in one church, and they're walking away from their friends, um, familiarities, and have said, Daddy, if you feel like this is God's will, then we want to follow God as you're following the Lord. Pray for their children to be able to adapt well and to do well. So, Tonight when I leave, uh, when we uh, come into the service, I have a Bible that I'm going to be placing on the pulpit. On the Bible, we have the words engraved on there, Pastor Jason Jett. 
I'm going to lay that on the pulpit tonight. It's the toolbox of every true preacher. Again, it's addressed to Pastor Jason Jett. And as I would place that Bible on the pulpit tonight, and as he picks it up next Sunday, I'm passing the torch, the mantle of leadership of Eastside Baptist Church, into the hands of your next pastor. These past 40 years have been the joy of my life. My wife and I have loved you sincerely like family. uh, It was 900 miles to the dot from my house where we used to live here in Sioux Falls uh, into the old Franklin, Ohio, 900 miles to the dot. And we missed our family a lot. And you who have been here for long know that uh, when we had a chance, we would go home and we'd visit our, our family because our immediate family wasn't here. And we made this church our family. You are truly our family. You've been the best. Boy, I knew when I typed this paragraph it was going to be a hard one. I couldn't have asked for a better congregation to be the pastor of. And I really wish I had the time to sit and look everybody in the eye and just say, I love you. So, thank you for allowing me and my wife to serve you these many years. And what I know is one day we're going to look back in, in heaven and be able to talk about for years all the good times we've had. I know that time will come, but till then, let's just keep on serving him. I wanted to say that more clearly. I really did. I want to say one more line, one more time. And as if I could, I wish I could sit in front of every one of you and look you in the eyes and just tell you how much I, I really love you. So how do you give an invitation? And I, and I do believe God gave me direction for this. I think it would be very appropriate if you would, uh, if we could give an invitation and uh, we could have the uh, instruments uh, play and... Um, you know what, Ken, we, I think we'll just be good if we just don't even have to sing an invitation song. 
But what I would like to do is if we could take time to pray. Um, would you pray whether you come to an altar? And I'd love to invite you to come to an altar if you want to uh, kneel in the pew where you're at. But I think it would be worthy to do. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to thank God for the years that I've had and the, and the ministry that we've had here. I want to thank God for leading us in the direction that we'll be going. But let's pray for pray for Brother Jed. Can we do that? Can we pray for his direction and leadership and for God as he brings him here and his family? Uh, I think it'd just be very appropriate. And um, so one more time to you guests and visitors, your first time, you're like, wow, what did we walk into? I, I'm really sorry about that. Truly, I really, truly am. And I hope you'll come back. Please come back next Sunday. <laughs> It'll be a much happier service. And <laughs> I'm quite certain there will be no frogs mentioned at the beginning of that service, but, um, but, but this is what it is, and this is where we're at, and so would you, would you just take some time and just, if we could just play through a uh, hymn invi- uh, invitation, if, you want, if you'd like to pray at the altar, we open it up to you now. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com.